What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh Miller, and this is The Purpose Project, where I give you a seat at the table with fellow business owners and creatives as we discuss how they found their purpose in life and how they made it all come together. Today, we sit down with Ohio-based designer and mural artist Dylan Mangus. Let's get into it. Give me like a quick run through of like what you're doing these days and, and you know, a little bit of a story on, on kind of how you got to this point. Okay. Well, Mangus Design started in 2015 and the whole point was to do a couple things. One was I wanted to get away from big agency life. It had been really good to me for a long time in all kinds of ways and experience and, and uh, that, that golden handcuff every two week paycheck and all that stuff was great. Really, but uh, I wanted to do, get back to being a hands-on maker. That's what I missed. And so I went from this VP level position at this uh, great little company I was working for, pharma advertising company. And then I, I, I made the jump after some planning, of course, and setting some things in motion. So I wanted to be hands-on making things like brand identities again. And uh, I didn't know what else exactly, but I knew that was the one thing I was really good at. So up until that point, I'd been overseeing a lot of that kind of work as a, you know, this VP CD position, but I just wasn't doing it. And I really wanted to do it again. So that was, that was the big motivation to, to start the business. Got you. Since then, and that's the quick version of that. Yeah. But uh, since then, it's been really interesting to watch what happened because I couldn't, and I didn't script it in terms of, how things have evolved in the last four and a half years since I opened the business. So for example, in the last couple of years, I haven't done a whole lot of brand identity work, a little bit, but back in all the way back in 2015, Resource Interactive, which is now IBMX, IBM IX, they hired me to do some murals on the walls and I'd never done a mural at this point. And I thought, uh, I don't know, you know, murals are neat, I guess. But this, and this was before murals just blew up yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. So I thought, I'll give it a try. You know, it might be fun. I liked, I used to work there at Resource, so I, I knew the people and it was you okay. know, easy to walk okay. in and go, sure, let's talk about it. Right. So talking about it turned into six walls. And wow. I think, yeah, six walls. And not just wayfinding, which was the original intention, was for me to come in and say, uh, or, you know, design something that said, you have arrived in this particular location that has a name on it. You know, basically do some lettering. Yeah. It went from that to these fairly high concept pieces here and there in the building that were um, remarkably cool and, and and truly a collaboration between myself and the resource people, you know, where I'd say, what if we did this? And they'd say, great, what if we, you know, add this to it? And next thing you know, we got this thing that's pretty cool. So one example is there's a really long hallway that you walk down to get to this one particular location. And all they wanted me to do was just to put the alley on that wall at the end of that long hallway. So as the project evolved, what happened at the end of it, the final result was at the corner of this hallway, I did an inverse perspective of a street scene and, and then encapsulated all these little uh, details about people in the company and company history and um, just a lot of little nuggets and Easter eggs wow. buried into the street scene. Again, right. all inverted. So a corner coming like this, but the street scene goes this way. Yeah. Uh, I even put my wife in there on a bicycle and riding nice. in the back of the street. And, was, and then, of course, it said the alley. Yeah. So the whole point was it went from a wayfinding exercise to when that person arrives at that place, we give them a little bit of surprise they didn't expect. And maybe we get them to hang out for an extra couple, three, four, five seconds. 
And that's kind of the magic of those, those, ty- those kinds of murals, those experiences. Yeah. Again, just like way more than wayfinding, actually. So that's what we did there. And then you fast forward till, you know, to 2019 and it's been, you know, now 2020. And I've done mostly mural interior design type things like that since that job at Resource. Really? Wow. And, uh, Completely different than what you originally intended on, yeah. on getting into. I, 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 if you had told me, you know, back in 2015, you're going to be doing a lot of murals in 2019 <laughs> or, you know, and before I'd be like, no, I'm not because <laughs> who wants to do that? So it's been a good run and yeah. including uh, some outdoor stuff, uh, main bar up on high street. And then of course here at the fort, the big North wall. Yeah. So um, I've done a couple things like this North wall that were a little crazy as a person just standing on a ladder, meaning I shouldn't have done that job that way. I made some bad, I made a bad judgment call um, here and there in these jobs. And here's, here's an example. So this north wall, it's a massive wall on the north side of this building. I forget how many feet wide it is, uh, 40 at least, 45. Okay. And, you know, depending on how you measure it, you know, it's about 30, 35 feet on the sides and probably, you know, 10, 15 in the middle. So this giant shape, it has to be painted black. Yes. And uh, we're not a high-end operation here at the fort, so I thought, I'll just do it with a roller, you know? So <laughs> I'm painting this black coat, you know, on this thing and just getting it all done. And, and it's really old brick, super weathered, crazy weather, dude. The funnest stuff to roll, right? Yeah, right? Super <laughs> difficult, which I'm finding out. So I'm on a 12-foot ladder. I'm sorry. I'm on a 22-foot ladder with a 12-foot extension pole, fully extended, and on the end of that pole, I've got one of those super nappy rollers, you know, to get yep. into that gritty, you know, nasty textured surface you're trying to paint on. Oh, yeah. I've got this roller that is totally soaked as much as I could possibly hold of black gooey paint, you know, thick paint on a summer day. And it's barely staying dry, you know, mm-hmm. coming out of that coming out of that tray. So, again, ladder, flexible pole. It's kind of going like this because <laughs> there's so much paint on the end of it in that roller. Yep. And now it's windy. And I got that ladder about two feet from the edge of the ledge. Like if that, if the wind blew just hard enough, I'd be, I'd be falling 50 feet right. know, probably. And I'm like this on a diagonal, you know, trying to paint that, that last little corner. And this is one of those moments where I'm like, this was a bad judgment call. Yep. So I just kept saying to myself, go slow, take it slow, you know, one step at a time. Right. And it worked. Here we are. I worked out fine. You know, of course Good. I do have a broken foot sitting here in this interview, <laughs> but, um, anyway, um, it's been a fun ride of doing that kind of work. So moving forward with Mingus Design, the, the big focus is to maintain the momentum of the mural and interior work because I really, really like it. Yeah. I love building those experiences for people where we get that element of surprise. Again, that more than wayfinding motivation where yeah. we get people to that moment and they go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Even if it's just in turn, I don't expect somebody to say it out loud, but you want that subconscious reaction of, wow, and then you've won. Yeah, that's the goal. You want to just hold people for that precious little moment in this high-paced, crazy society, you know? Yeah. So more of that kind of work is is on the table, and uh, more identity work because I still like doing that. Because in the same way that the murals can appeal to people and give them that element of surprise in, in a physical space, doing branding work to me is still that opportunity. When you design a logo that has a conceptual base to it. And that person sees that and has that moment of understanding of that 
core concept that's baked into that little tiny black and white mark mm -hmm. that may be as small as a social avatar media, but they see it and they make that connection intellectually or emotionally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. And then they feel like they uh, have a connection to that thing. It's remarkably simple. Yeah. But you know, you and I both know there's a crazy amount of work that goes into making that moment happen. Yep. And I, so I still love that opportunity. So that's still on the table. Um, beyond that, I'm, I'm always open to new things. Like this year, we just did uh, these skate decks that are here in the office. And um, I did them because I, I, I had heard this parable of the two wolves. And the quick version of it is there's a grandfather and a grandson, uh, Native American parable, as best I understand it. And the grandfather's telling the, the son about these two wolves. One's good, one's evil. And the story goes on. And eventually the grandson says, which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the wolf you feed. Um, so, uh, I've always liked that. Yeah. And so true. I thought I want to do a graphic design reinterpretation of that. Yeah. And what came to me was the idea that if you did that on a skateboard, uh, which of course is an object that, you know, can flip up and down really right. easily. Um, it might be a really nice visual model or visual, uh, platform for that, you know, vertical idea of two heads, good and evil right. that can flip upside down. So anyway, I did the graphic yeah, and... What was really fun here at the fort was doing that as a collaboration between myself and Jess over at Upright Press who printed on the decks and he hadn't printed skate decks before and I hadn't either. So we had to figure that out. So that right. brought in Todd from Ghost River Furniture and the guys over at Roof Tool and Die making a couple of jigs for us to figure out how to make this all happen. So we did 10 decks. That's it. Wow. And they're still sitting here because I'm trying to get them up on the website. But, <laughs> but a really good collaboration and you know a product that we're, we're all really proud of that we yeah. pulled it off. So, you know, little projects like that, they're not meant to be big money makers, but they're extremely satisfying in not just the collaboration, but also um, just, again, trying to apply something conceptual to design versus just making something that's designed nicely. Right. That's really important to me. Yeah. Is not just making decoration, but giving people an idea that they can latch onto and go, wow, I really like the idea behind that. Even right. if they interpret that and and articulate that in their own way, that's fine. But I want to give them something more than just, well, it's nicely designed. Yeah, yeah. That's great, man. That's sweet. So back up a little bit there then. How did you, you know, you you, you said before before Mangus Design, you were, you know, you're at like a big agency and everything um, or a big, you know, larger team than, than kind of what you're, what you're doing these days. Um, how did you get into design in the first place? You know, like I love the idea of, of being, you know, wanting to do more than just design something that looks nice, but but giving people something to think about, something to connect with. Um, when did you decide that you wanted to to get into design work and, and start creating, you know, the work similar to that and, and, and being on those kinds of projects? It, for me, it's been a, a lifelong thing. And that sounds a little yeah. dramatic, but it's true. I've been drawing since I've been a little boy. I have my first drawing still that I did when I was three years old. Really? Yeah, I walked into the kitchen and I said, according to my mom, because I don't remember this moment, right? but I was three and I said, mommy, I want to draw. And she drew these circles on a page and then I filled in the faces and that was it. So again, not terribly interesting story, but that's how I started drawing. And I think like anything, when you're a kid, hopefully for any kid, and we know it's not true for everybody, but I was, I was blessed to have really good feedback from those moments of drawing and sometimes doing things in, at, a, at a level that was you know, a little better than others. So with that 
ability that I, uh, that raw ability and some feedback, I just kept that momentum going. And uh, that's become a lifelong thing of drawing letters and drawing other stuff. So it started that long ago. And from there, again, I just a lot of feedback and a lot of practice and then feedback and then practice. And then it's funny how those two things can, can come together to really create a, a serious momentum that yeah. becomes, of course, a lifetime, you know, a career. Right, right. Do, do you think you, um, do you think you, like, did you have a moment, whether that was in school or, or once you got into your career, um, where you realized the, the importance of creating work that people could, could connect to on a, a personal or, or emotional level? Um, more yeah. than just, Hey, I want to, you know, fill in these faces and, and make a pretty picture. That's a great question. I, I don't, there wasn't really an aha moment for me, but I, I think the best thing I can attribute it to is I had a good education at CCAD. Um, I had gotten out of the Marine Corps after a four year tour okay. and, and Janet and I had saved up enough money to, to pay for school, which back then was remarkably a lot less than it is now. Yep. And, um, so I had really good instructors and and several times in that in in those instructional periods there was a an emphasis on conceptual work and again i think it's cons just because it was so consistent i think it got through to me the importance of bringing concept into into design yeah and doing something more than just making something look pretty okay and you know to be really clear i there are things like and i have them in this office there are things in this office that are beautifully designed they are not conceptually based designs they're just yeah. beautifully designed and so i'm a huge believer in just having beautiful things yeah beautiful design things like there can be beautiful chairs or or lamps and you know people i think errantly say well you know this is my concept and i go well it's not really a concept it's just a nice design yeah and truly a nice design and i love it. in fact i'm going to pay you this much money for it right thank you but um for the work that i do for clients sometimes I will make things that are nice designs. A nice piece of lettering, for example, can be a really nice design that communicates the right tone and emotional um, attributes that we're looking for. Right. Um, style is appropriate, but there's no design there, and that's okay. Yeah. But most of the work, again, is something that says, okay, before we make this logo or we make this mural or we make whatever it is, who are we talking to? What's the idea behind this communication that we're trying to get across to that audience. Is there an idea there? Because yeah. if there's not, it's going to be okay, but people probably aren't going to remember it. Not for right. long, right? Think about the great ideas in advertising. They always have an idea behind it. Right. Great design, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you can argue that, you know, Herman Miller makes beautiful chairs that have no idea behind them, and they will always be remembered for the, you know, for the history of, of design. Right, Right. Roger that, you know, that's a different category for me. So, yeah. and you know, yeah. I'm frankly jealous that I'm, I'm not Herman Miller, but, <laughs> but I sure admire the guy. Definitely. Definitely. So. Definitely. So how was, how was the, um, you said that you had never really done murals before the, the, the resource projects, mm -hmm. right? Um, was that once you had already left your, your corporate gig and, and yeah. started Megas Design and that was just kind of one of those early ones where it yeah. was like, yep. Hey, I mean, I don't really know how to do a mural, but let me let me research a little bit and kind of get an idea together and, and let's make it happen. Yeah. So yeah. the two murals that happened that, that fall were resource and then through Amy Sharp at resource, who was there at the time and it's actually still there at IBM. Amy said, Hey, right across the street from us is this place called main bar that we go sometimes and they want to replace the mural that's there on the, on the building. 
And I tell you that because it's the stark contrast between those two jobs. Resource yeah. was, you know, brand new, two floors, dialed in, looked like Darth Vader's something, like his lair, right? It was like cold concrete and this beautiful charcoal colored uh, wall that actually is my floor color as we as we speak because nice. I loved it so much. It's still here. Um, but it was like the Lord Lord Vader himself's coming down the hallway, you know, this with the breathing and all that, you know, stormtroopers behind him in mass. Look across the street, you got this old stucco building that is, according to legend, could be torn down any day. Right. Um, still there, which is remarkable. <laughs> and uh, stucco that is literally falling off the wall. And I said to Jim, the owner, I said, do you, do you want us to shore that up a little bit? And he goes, no, nah, Dylan, don't worry about it. Just, just paint over it. And I thought, oh, my God, this job is a train wreck. You <laughs> right. know? So uh, he buys the paint. And, dude, we are packing paint into the into the stucco as it's falling off the wall and we're packing more paint into it trying to get it to stop you know draining dust down the raining dust down the wall and um it's stuck and it's still it's still holding up after yep. all this time i think the only damage to the wall now is somebody ran a car into one of the garbage cans and knocked some of the stucco off you know so it's holding up great yeah yeah two very different jobs but two jobs that in total i thought okay this is fun i like this yeah you know it's extremely rewarding right and, and, and so, um, how is that like now? Like you said, the majority of your projects are, are, you know, you do consistently a good amount of mural jobs and stuff yeah. like that throughout the year. Um, you, you, you said the, the connection that you love of like, just kind of like creating that experience for somebody who's might not be, might not be searching for that kind of experience. Right. But they, yeah. they're walking through and, and they see it in a hallway or they're driving by, you know, um, the, the bar and. Um, they see this crazy piece on the side of the wall, um, and maybe they want to turn around and go get a closer look of it. Um, wh what is that like for you, creating these pieces and and being able to see you know now in today's you know digital age of you know people taking photos with those murals or um, being able to kind of like you know be in those environments as people are having those experiences? Like, is there is there something about that that's just you know that just really makes murals like? A, a top priority for you when it comes to to your project list? Yeah, the 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 motive the big motivation for me behind the murals, whether it's an interior job for a corporate client or it's a outside thing like main bar that's really just very fun and you know punchy and high contrast and colorful. Yeah. Um, the big motivation for doing that kind of work is my hope for people to slow down just a little bit, just a little bit. And maybe it's a function of me getting older, but I don't think it is. I think our culture is insane in terms of the pace and the demand and the pressure to decode every bit of information around us at a nonstop pace until our eyes close at night. And even then, let's face it, we're still processing, you yep. know? Yep. So that is the, the core motivation behind that work. And... I've been blessed to have feedback from people about several jobs along the way. Sometimes a couple years later that say, Hey, I saw your thing. And it really, you know, spoke to me, which is, you know, a very dramatic way for people to put it, but I've heard that Yeah. where people say, Hey, that was just really cool. Or, you know, I saw that little Easter egg thing that you did, you know, or, um, whatever the comment is, you, you under, I understand that they, they had that moment. They just slowed down for a second and they, they took something in. And, um, you know, you could be a cynic and say, well, 
that's great because you're just more noise and they just happen to notice notice your noise so it feels good. But, and it does feel good. But there's something about the physicality of the, the mural that's really appealing to me. Part of that is just the simple fact that you've got people on their feet and moving in space out. You know, that's why I love the outdoor stuff. But yeah. even interior jobs, you've, you've just got people out and interacting, especially in this culture that we're in right now with this whole COVID-19 thing going around. You know, we've, right. we're now about to, to quarantine ourselves for weeks or maybe months at a time. Yeah. So, you know, what, what can I do as a designer in the world that gets people moving and in front of it and making some type of human connection an emotional, even spiritual connection to that place, not just because of my work, but in conjunction with the work and the other things around it, which is the whole approach to the work itself is not just, you know, dropping some vignetted illustration randomly on a wall, but looking like a Frank Lloyd Wright style approach to say, well, what else is happening here in this interior or this exterior space that we can, we can make sure that we're designing something that, that is part of the whole not just a splash of color yeah. in one spot, right? So right. again, creating that, even a sense of community from that work, if, if possible, that makes people feel like they're part of something. That's that's the hope that we're, that we're after here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It, it, it reminds me of, uh, I have a, uh, a friend from high school who um, when uh, several years ago, he uh, um, was diagnosed with cancer, um, ended up passing away. And I remember hearing um, when, we were, when we were at his funeral, um, they, they said, you know, if, if, if there's one thing that, that, uh, Joe always, always told us to do was to not forget to stop and smell the roses. And it's almost like, you know, your murals and, and your pieces that you're putting up interior or exterior are, are kind of like the, you know, the, the, the artsy rose to stop and smell, you know, like when you were talking about, um, you know, you want people just to kind of like sit there and just be present in that moment and just kind of take it in, you know, just, just slow down for a second. Um, that reminded me of, of, you know, just stop to smell the roses for a moment. You know what I mean? To I don't, I don't take know that who, time. I went to a funeral for a guy named Joe who I didn't know. This was, uh, was Chris Kay at that funeral? Was this the same Joe? I don't know. Seven, eight years ago? Uh, it was, this was probably four or five years ago. Okay. There's a lot of Joes in the world, so yeah. I don't want to derail our conversation. <laughs> but I went to a funeral for a guy who I did not know. I just knew that friends knew him and I said, I'll go. And it was a pretty heavy scene. Yeah, you know, because of the impact this guy had had on people. Yeah, um, yeah. So, on that note, when you were talking about earlier, you were talking about the why yeah. of what we do. Mm-hmm. Beyond what I've already said, there there's even a much deeper motivation for me, and that is, it's the pursuit of the maker. I I you know think of as God, and I happen to be a maker, which is you know. I don't have a God complex, I promise, but there is a, a, a real beauty in the connection that I, I get to make things for a living. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm uh, so grateful for that ability, but I believe we have a God-shaped hole in us and we're all trying to fill it with something. Um, what's the crass way somebody says? Everybody's got a hole they're trying to fill. Um, but I really believe that's true. And again, I happen to be somebody that can make stuff. And to me, it's a, it's a, incredible blessing and a privilege to to create things hopefully beautiful meaningful things 
not just to sell products, but that's part of the job too. But maybe, you know, again, going back to the murals, maybe there's something I can make that, that I think connects people, like I said, emotionally, even spiritually. Um, I don't know. Like I just did one for a church down in Canal Winchester called C3 Church, 40 foot by 20 foot thing. Wow. And it was, it was a daunting exercise because there was a lot of uh, really smart people in the room with a lot of goals around that project. And the, one of the goals was to get people coming into the church to talk about the, the history of the church and also have some conversations about the spiritual aspects of the church and some of their goals. And that's a lot of heavy stuff. You know, you're yeah. like, dude, that's, that's almost too much to ask for on a wall, you know? <laughs> right. But again, I was working with great folks. And so we did this wall and I'm really proud of it because it's not a wall that's trying to be preachy, you know, or um, say too much. It's a very restrained, as big as it is, this 40 by 20 foot wall, it's a very restrained uh, visual exercise that is truly meant to just kind of help people ease into what this church is about. And so that was very rewarding to, to think that we did something that wasn't your typical church type thing, you know, knocking people over the head or or all super judgy or, you know, like a mural right. full, of, full of pointing fingers or I don't know, whatever. But, um, you know, it was, um, it was meaningful. Yeah. And I've heard, again, heard good feedback since then where they said, you know, this, we're having good conversations around this wall. So having the opportunity to do that kind of work is pretty, pretty powerful. Yeah. And again, I'm not sitting here saying like, well, you know, uh, that I'm not saying this, this kind of work, especially work for churches or work that matches with my faith. Um, is better than other work that I've done for corporate clients. But to be honest, it's more meaningful for me because yeah. it does align with what, I, what I'm pursuing as far as my faith. So that's pretty cool. You know, when somebody says, hey, we, we believe in similar things. Could you do some work for us for that? Right, so that's, right. It's cool. I'm really, I'm really enjoying that. I want to do more of it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. Definitely, definitely. Cool. Awesome, man. Um, so yeah, so so looking at looking at the future then now is just more projects like that, more uh, more opportunities to you know connect with people and put more beautiful things in the world. That's the hope. Yeah, yeah. put more put more beautiful things in the world. Great. I mean, who who wouldn't want to have a piece of that? You know, right? It's pretty right. exciting. Yeah, I'm blessed. I really am. Awesome, awesome. Well, I told you, um, you know, at the beginning, kind of the the thing that kind of spun this for me was um, was you know my 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 super late discovery in, in life of, of reading more and, and, and wanting to, yeah. to, to really focus on that kind of personal growth and, and, and just opening my eyes to more things. Um, are you a reader, reader yourself? I am. Yeah. Um, you got maybe two books or something that you'd recommend to me for, uh, you know, something that, that I should check out um, that have, you know, had a good impact on you? Yeah, that's a great question. Let's see. Um, I'm looking around because my core my core books are here, but um, um, man, what, I have to think about that from a categorical standpoint because I'm like, there's a lot of type books that I read that are so nerdy type stuff. Like, <laughs> right. Nobody wants to read that stuff. <laughs> Nobody's as nerdy as me ever. Um, there's a again going back to the 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 faith foundation there's a book called called to create by a guy named uh, jordan rayner okay and um 
it's really good because he comes into that perspective of, look, you know, as people who make stuff, designers, design things for a living, um, what, is it, what does it mean to be a designer and then be pursuing a faith in God? And how do those things connect? That's the core of the book. Yeah. And, but he gets really practical about it from a business standpoint, too. And it's okay, you know, it's from a small business, creative, entrepreneur standpoint. You know, what does that feel like with all those yeah. things? All those things in the pot. What does that look like? Let's unpack that. Right. Um, that's a really good book. I really awesome. appreciate it. Um, on one more spiritual note, uh, I started reading the Passion Translation of the Bible, which is really cool because it's it takes all the King Jamesy fluff out of the mix. Yeah. That's so distracting to me. I'm like, okay. who reads that crap anymore, dude? I don't think Jesus would read it like that, you know? <laughs> These and thous. Come on, man. Seriously. So it's it's super straightforward language, which I really appreciate, especially Got as it. a guy who's struggling to understand things sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, beyond that stuff, um, I think a book like um, House Industries put out um, The Processes, The Inspiration. Okay. Just a while back, um, I think a couple years ago. And if you follow House Industries, I mean, they're amazing. And, and uh, it, the, the book is just a prolific encyclopedia if you will in one volume of all their of all their work and how they work and um it really inspires me all the time so that's three books okay is that good that's great man okay yeah, that's perfect cool right. i appreciate it man you too thanks for chatting you too and, uh, yeah yeah thanks a lot for checking out this episode of the purpose project for more information on dylan mangus and mangus design find him on instagram at Mangus Design, that's M-E-N-G-E-S Design, or on his website at www.mangus.design. For a list of Dylan's book recommendations from this episode, or to find out more information on The Purpose Project, find us on Instagram at MatchboxLTD, or on our website at MatchboxLTD.com. Thanks, and I'll see you on the next one.